0: hi will how's it going that wasn't performative at all not at all it's going good how about you
1: it's it's going
0: what if we were recording a podcast right now
1: that would be wild and that doesn't sound like us at all nah what's a podcast what what is (laughs) i don't know her yeah
0: (laughs) it's when two white dudes get together and talk about movies and then they make fun of batman and Robin. And it's really funny every time.
1: Oh, you mean a YouTube channel?
0: Sometimes they do special episodes on The Room. You know, the worst movie ever made.
1: Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone, Everyone's just looking at the title of this episode going, Great, it's just going to be this for two hours. Great. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Great. I'm just going to skip this one.
1: Yeah, no, today so we're going to talk about. We realize that we have. We've never really done a basics on, like, what we look for in nonfiction, and we thought that would be a fun topic. Gavin, I think it was it was your suggestion, wasn't it?
0: Oh, also, hi, Will. It's tuned in, dialed up a podcast F- about podcasting. I'm Gavin Gaddis, <laughs> joined by the amenable Will Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gavin. <laughs> Today, we're uh, talking about nonfiction podcasts, like Will said. Yay! Uh, we have shining moments to do first, though. Awesome things that have happened in the past two weeks to us. Will, what's something dope that's happened to you in the last couple?
1: My cat screaming at the door. (laughs) Mozzarella, shut the fuck up. So the last couple of weeks have been very exhausting for me. I've been taking some time off from a lot of things to get my brain in order. But part of that um, is something that I'm I'm actually, I think, going to announce here. Ooh. I know. I haven't. We've told a few people about it, but it's not formally announced yet. Saucy. So I think I'm going to formally announce it here, which is very exciting. I started something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I'm making an audio drama. Ooh. But then I'm also doing something else. I'm making the audio drama with Anne Baird and Katie Yeomans um, who are two very close friends of mine and while we make it we're also making a documentary about that process. Nice. In hopes of giving people resources and information and just sharing the experience and what it's like. Um, That's going to be called Scoring Magic and I will have more info soon and we have done a lot this is my first time creatively collaborating with people um which is really scary for me but like really amazing we've knocked out just like an obscene amount of work (laughs) um and it's been really amazing and it's been really 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 good to work on something creative for myself
0: yeah you uh you you i I assume this is the thing you posted on twitter that was teasy earlier today
1: Hmm? what me? I've <laughs> me. never.
0: <laughs> you mean that uh suspiciously podcast album art sized image that uh, that looks obviously like the background to something?
1: <laughs> it's actually that's like a corner nice. of the full image. That's like like a fraction of it. So um yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> <Wham>. <laughs> Gavin, what's your what's your exciting thing from the last two weeks?
0: Uh, let me just minimize all these uh different tabs of railroad museums in this area Uh, (laughs) I think the best thing that happened in the last couple weeks is actually you're involved in it Um, during the crowdfunding of standard docking procedure the episodes that are funded I had a thing that allowed people to pitch minisodes where they could just take their favorite like trope from a you know sitcom and pitch it to me and I'll put a, a standard docking procedure twist on it um, I j- actually one's coming out. I think at the end of this week, there's going to be one going on the main feed uh, that Ponders pitched,
1: uh, Ooh. and making that
0: one was awesome because it was the first time I've used a, a sensitivity reader. It's actually a friend of mine,
1: and that's T. H. Ponders of Accession
0: Yes, uh, who is currently crowdfunding season two of session, which is a road trip, and is making me want to take a road trip real bad. Same. But the thing I'm talking about is Will <laughs> pitched. <laughs> Will pitched a trope. And I started writing it and I technically wrote it. And then I just sat there and I was like, this, this, this has, I've just written a spec script for a full episode. This isn't a script for a (laughs) (laughs) mini So now it's going to be three times as long. Yeah. And and a full episode. (laughs) So yeah, that's, it's fun to actually have writing where you're uh, not just trying to get it done, but actually excited to do more.
1: Yeah. It feels good. It turns out.
0: Not great for deadlines, but it is fun.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> but also I have to keep in mind I'm uh, creating stuff when I'm leaving for a certain convention in Nashville
1: Ooh, next week. Next week. What are the dates for Podex?
0: Podex starts Friday, 30, uh, May 31st and runs through uh, june 2nd which is also the day my lecture is Winkety wink i'm not mentioning that later in the plugs or anything
1: (laughs) that's gonna be very exciting i'm Mm -hmm. i'm stoked for you are you gonna do an episode from there
0: uh i'm yeah i'll try to i mean i should probably start messaging people see if there's anything to do down there
1: Even just like a little recap, like we did for PodCon. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. There'll be that, even if it's recorded after the fact. I might cool. just take a recorder on the show floor and ambush, like Eric Silver.
1: Hell yeah! Ambush my boy! <laughs> <laughs> my boy love an ambush.
0: Friend of, f- friend of the show.
1: <laughs> yes. Friend so, of the show, my boy, Eric Silver.
0: Speaking of people who. Yeah, uh, you know, Eric makes a nonfiction show. Yes. Uh, speaking Several. of people who make nonfiction shows. <laughs> it's weird like to talk about this i feel like you got to address the elephant in the room and that nonfiction is the is the largest by far side of podcasting Mm -hmm. but is also as a result the most diluted like when you say the word Mm -hmm. podcast to some people they either think serial or they think about that stereotype which is unfortunately well founded of the dude who runs a podcast which is literally just a blowhard talking into a mic about something they have capital O opinions on. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I would also say that they probably think of like, you know, just full on educational podcasts, yep. you know, and then also like entrepreneurship podcasts are probably the other big ones people think of.
0: That's a huge blind spot for me because I have not touched a single business ish podcast with a 10 foot pole.
1: I have touched a couple and it is an interesting world. <laughs> it is interesting. But yeah, we we don't like we don't talk about nonfiction here usually. Well
0: we we stan radiotopia in this household. I think that's well, yes, pretty well naturally. established.
1: So this conversation idea was brought around because of the most recent episode of Song Exploder. So which, good. Yes. It was really good. We've both talked about Song Exploder here on Tuned In Dialed Up. We both love it. It was um Originally hosted by Rishi K. Sherway, who is still uh, working on West Wing Weekly, I believe. Um, It is now hosted by Tao Win of Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down, who is an incredible musician. She's a great host. So, Gavin, what about this episode stuck out to you?
0: Well, for one thing, it's been so long since I've listened to Song Exploder. I forgot that we say they're good hosts, but
1: but they're non-present.
0: That's the thing. Like, that's the trick is they, they do the smart thing of, it's not a conversation. It's more of a, it's almost a documentary, but presented from only one point of view, because it is literally just John Darnielle. I think is how his last name is pronounced. <laughs> uh, the mountain goats guy <laughs> talking yeah. about a song from the new album. that John mountain Moans goats. Go, uh, uh, um half of the if you are a nerd fighter 50% of your uh, content intake
1: (laughs) or if you are a Night Vale Presents fan
0: yeah yeah also yes or Uh, if
1: you're like if you were like a an angry queer youth nice yeah
0: there's such a, there's such a distinct sound, not to make this the Mountain Goat chat show. There's like a, such a distinct sound to the Mountain Goats where all you need is like a, a sort of resonant E piano and a acoustic guitar played with a lot of bar chords. And you're just like, oh, this is obviously the intro to a Mountain <laughs> yeah. Goat song. Uh, but yeah, just hearing his creative process and it, it like, it was delivered in such a, concise way i know i knew that is academically i knew that's how song exploder rolls but i hadn't listened since the john carpenter episode Mm. so just to be like brought straight back into it with oh this is this is what being a musician can be like
1: yeah you should you should definitely listen to the um, Cranberries one. Yeah, I'm, I, was, I, I'm thinking
0: about it. It's a it's a I, I, I detect there's a lot of sadness in that one. I don't yeah, know why
1: it's, <laughs> it is a tearjerker. <laughs> it was it's the episode is about a song that was recorded. While Dolores O'Riordan was still was still alive, ah. but put together after she had passed away. Ooh. Um. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful episode, but that'll get you. Yeah, I want to focus on that sort of non-present narrator for a little bit. Because in listening to Song Exploder, you definitely have the idea that questions are being asked to help craft a story. But in post, all of those questions are removed, so you just hear the answers. I love that.
0: It's much in the same way a good documentarian makes a documentary in which they don't appear at all.
1: Yes. Like
0: Morgan Spurlock types kind of ruined that for a good long while. And now you now air quote good documentaries always have some sort of edgy dude in front of the camera who's I guess Michael Moore could be blamed more for that. But Spurlock was like part of that first generation. But oh, still yeah. y- putting the person front and center to run around and be an edgelord to like evil corporations blah, 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 to have this sort of like there is editorial influence on. Every episode of Song Exploder, because just by the nature of cutting footage, (laughs) you are constructing how Darniel's telling the story. But it's done in such a masterful and uh, deft way that you don't know. You you don't really think about the cuts. And it feels like one consistent train of thought over, what, 30 minutes, basically? Mm
1: -hmm. yeah. I do want to kind of counterpoint to what you said, though. I want to push back on that a little bit, just because I think that the the like very present creator in documentary is something that can actually be done really well in podcasts. And granted, oh no, I, am,
0: I definitely want to touch on that. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, because this is a little bit how we're doing scoring magic, but we based that concept off of zigzag which is a podcast that grabbed me immediately. And this is by uh, Manush Zamarodi and Jen Poyant of uh, Note to Self. It's their podcast they made with uh, Radiotopia.
0: Which I'm a piece trying of garbage to... and I haven't listened to yet.
1: Oh, it's it's good. It's, it's, it's really interesting because essentially they're saying, hey, we're doing this thing. We're going to try to do something with blockchain i still don't understand what blockchain is they try really hard to make me understand i still don't get it i'm just i'm not i have an english degree guys is, is, i don't
0: is that is that you or is that zigzag like i got
1: that's me zigzag that tried you. so hard to explain it there was like a really cute guitar song i understand that blockchain is bitcoin's mommy because that was part of the song that's what i know I don't. I was know just want to make sure it wasn't
0: like that's the pitch of zigzag. No,
1: <laughs> no. The pitch of zigzag is that they are going to start a new method of journalism that has more ethical transparency uh, via blockchain. I ah. don't know what that means, but it was really compelling. Um, and the the whole idea is that it's not just a documentary about people doing that. It's also yeah. the story about them leaving their very stable jobs to go do this thing um and while we're at it i guess we should say their very stable job was note to self which is now back and it's all luminary um so i think that that's some kind of dramatic irony some unfortunate <laughs> foreshadowing for zigzag but it's still really fascinating um i think the difference here is that it's two women who are Doing a podcast about you know being wom- women in a field that doesn't care about them, wow, uh, yeah, yeah. Zigzag is really good.
0: <laughs> I I'm, I mean it's really interesting because the thing I was gonna pitch is like you can like the 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 argue the argument for having a front and center like putting the journalist front and center is arm and a leg, which is similarly. In, in I mean, I mean, they're two very different shows, but in much in the same way that an arm and a leg is about someone who has is going through this period of leaving their stable job. Mm-hmm. And now they're thrust into this unfamiliar situation, except arm and a leg is about health insurance, which is just yeah. the most nightmarish thing in the world. Yeah, um, arm
1: and a leg is also great. And I think so we keep circling around, like, yeah, we love Radiotopia, we love Thong Exploder. we love uh, Arm and a Leg, which was at least helped a little bit by Roman Mars at some point. Let me do my um, let me
0: do my V sauce here. But yeah. why do we love like <laughs> But what is good? <laughs> this show isn't just for stoners, I swear.
1: <laughs> I think I think that what sets Radiotopia apart, what Radiotopia is most known for, is that it is this sort of like you know, you take that that notion of like, oh, podcasts are just these educational, boring things. Radiotopia is like, uh, if that had like a, like a cool cousin, you know, <laughs> like they're all really educational, but they are funny and kind of quirky and kind of weird and interesting. But most importantly, they are so. Uh, clean and modern in their approach there is a lot of editing in these products that i'm sure people are going to say oh, who's oh it's so who's over it's over
0: processed they like put music uh, and stuff and transitions
1: it sounds good and i don't like that hi i'm um, jim
0: reddit fuck your effort <laughs> i want i just want to hear people eating chips and talking about movies i don't like
1: I'm Jim Reddit, and when people are good at things, it reminds me that I'm not. And so I feel threatened.
0: Hi, Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Reddit. Love you, but also, you need to get your shit together.
1: Get your shit together, Reddit. So, I mean, so they do sound clean. And they are, again, they're very produced. Um, I would say that they are not nearly as produced as something like Radiolab, where uh, where Radiolab is. Yeah, it's Radiolab, I would say sees every episode as a composition, which makes sense because, uh, Jad Abumrad has, you know, a degree (laughs) in, uh... Jad Abumrad has a degree in music, but, like, specifically avant-garde music, I believe. Uh, so each of the episodes of Radiolab are seen as, you know, like, as more of a composition. Well, I mean, just look at
0: the Radiolab intro, like...
1: Yeah. They actually have an episode, um... That's like kind of a like a mini episode or like a special episode where he breaks down how he made the music in one episode, just using a word that one of the speakers used. Like he just took apart all of the sounds of that one word. And wow! That's how... He
0: he pogoed an episode. Or yeah,
1: uh, pretty except, much. But like,
0: except he did even didn't more abstract. Real hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yes, I so I. For me, if it's something that is, in any way, if it's if it's like sixty percent more educational than it is comedic, like yeah. I need it to be edited really well. Even for comedic podcasts, I need some kind of editing, which we talk, we've talked about many times before. Um, what grabs you in like that sort of educational or like single focus nonfiction?
0: passion about the topic like yes i I can listen to a show i straight up don't agree with a lot of the time and still will be sucked into it case in point i uh wild thing i gave a great review i think if i remember correctly yeah (laughs) uh wild thing is a uh show in which a journalist finds out she is cousin to a huge name in the bigfoot science field and that guy just died. And she figures out, oh, wait, I can kind of get a glimpse into the world that this person I didn't know about that I was related to lived in by using his last name as cultural cachet to get into places I normally wouldn't be able to get into. Uh, and it is a it is a nonfiction, predominantly, show about, you know, just the search for Sasquatch, the search for Bigfoot, uh, and interviewing a bunch of people, like, from people genuinely looking to people who make bigfoot themed merch for the hell of it uh there were quite a few things in that show that uh were I feel were done in the spirit of a lot of people who claim they have bigfoot evidence where it's like obviously a crock but we're doing it to have fun here and make more episodes uh but that that's the kind of thing that can keep you go- keep me going in in a Non fiction shows when there's like obviously like excitement and a consistent pace to it, even if some of it was manufactured.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think that um, something that goes hand in hand with that is that we want people who are enthusiastic as hosts, but I don't personally love when both of the hosts or neither of the hosts know a lot about the topic oh. I want one person to be an expert I want one person to know one person to be little.
0: the sort of uh the receptacle for the information yes.
1: yeah even you know even if it's that's like artificially put on for the purpose of making a podcast like it usually is in Nancy I'm okay with that um I think that you know the archetypal example of a show that does this well is Spirits where mm-hmm. we have Julia Shafini as the expert and Amanda McLaughlin as just like the professional enthusiast. Um, but another one that I want to talk up is The Verge's Why Do You Push That Button, Ooh. which is, it's really good. Um, I actually, I found it because Claudia Amenabar was in an episode Ooh. and uh, about fandom and some things. And Why Do You Push That Button is a podcast about technology, but specifically, like, why we make the choices we make in technology and how those choices are informed by design
0: oh i like this
1: yes but all of it is through this like hyper millennialist uh like mindset like one of my favorites uh was like why would people sign up on exclusive dating apps like, I think the list is called, is one of them. Oh, where, yeah, like, you like, have to pay money and be, like, super famous and, like...
0: Oh, yeah, there's that one famous one in, like, New York where, like, you have to be famous to get into it. Yeah,
1: and, like, some you have to do, like, a credit check. Uh, so they asked people about that, and it was super interesting. The most recent episode was, um, like, if people who have iMessage judge Android users because they have that lime green text bubble instead <laughs> of the blue... Um, And it started because one of them went on a Tinder date and or some other dating app date. And uh, the dude who was texting her would only message her in the app. He wouldn't text her. And she was like, this is super weird. And so when she got there, he explained that he had been ghosted. And his theory is that it was because he's an Android user and he had the lime green bubble, which at first sounds ridiculous. And you're like, "Okay, dude, probably you just suck. Um, But then you listen to the episode and you're like, okay, maybe there's something to this. And what I like is that it seems like they switch off a little bit. The hosts are Ashley Carman and Caitlin Tiffany. Um, But, like, always one of them has a thesis that they're bringing in. And the other one is like, I don't know a ton about this. Inform me. And also here's maybe my thesis after hearing a few people and then you know the other host will come back in and say well that is a thesis people have but here's more information and what's nice is that again even when it's maybe a little bit artificial it really helps the pacing and it really helps the listener feel guided through the experience because like so i was talking about this episode with the um with the green bubble to my husband zach and zach perfect sweet thing that he is uh is not terribly tech literate all the time <laughs> um i zach if you're listening i love you you're great uh thanks for doing all the math in my life because i'm not math literate so we got balance uh so he didn't know this thing but i knew that if he had listened to the episode he would have totally understood what they were talking about yeah um he and he wouldn't have felt like he was being spoken down to probably um that balance is really 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 important to me just as important to me as the enthusiasm
0: that definitely feels like uh it would live well in a playlist alongside uh Dakota Ring
1: yes exactly it's it's very much up there with uh Dakota Ring note to self again um Probably mystery show things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, is Dakota Ring Slate or is it also The Verge?
0: Dakota Ring is Slate.
1: That's what I thought. And now we have things with Fox too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Luminary.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, actually, that's another. That's another really great one to talk about. Um, we should maybe pivot to comedy and see yeah. what we look for in that.
0: Um, I. <sighs> Here, the thing is, there's one show that's, like, super popular, and I, uh, me three years ago would have pointed to it immediately. I haven't listened to it since then, but The Dollop used to be, like...
1: Oh, yeah, I've never listened to that.
0: The Dollop... I should. It function. <laughs> the early episodes are just, like, fucking just great. Uh, the Dollop is Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds are two stand-up comics who are friends. Uh Dave Anthony is big onto, like looking up weird shit in american history uh so each episode is dave anthony bringing something just buck wild that happened in america uh and bringing that story and telling it to reynolds who is a good uh like stand-up comic and can yes and a lot of stuff so the basic format of the show is dave talks about a thing gareth reacts to it dave gives a little bit more information then Gareth probably does a bit with it at some point. Uh, And it's just back and forth. A lot of it is easy jokes, like supposing what this character would say in reaction to this. In fact, the dollop is actually the reason why I haven't watched The Greatest Showman yet, because (laughs) their episode on P.T. Barnum is fantastic and will cement P.T. Barnum as a piece of shit in your head forever. Uh, My only real beef with the show is being stand-up comics who are actively touring their they it, it went from being a mainly in-studio not studio in-apartment show to being predominantly live recordings that are Historically not great audio, and mm. or recorded in hotel rooms after live shows of their of their standup. So they're zapped and recording under blankets, and you can hear thunderstorms sometimes. And they're obviously not one hundred percent there. Uh, that kind of burned me out. But the first fifty episodes are really fun, especially since they have this like weird attachment to Australia. They tour in Australia a lot. They know a lot of Australian. Are they Australian? Comics. No. <laughs> <laughs> but whenever they go to Australia they will do a uh, they will do an Australian piece of history including the history of this tiny island that got <laughs> that got infected with i forget what i think it was penguins but it was like it had a invasive species that the government tried to like eradicate with this whole Uh, you know, old ladies swallowed a fly, so now we're going to put a cat in her stomach to catch the fly. Oh no, the cat's in there now. Like, it starts this (laughs) chain reaction. Um, It also has the best own of uh, of an Australian audience being judgy about something racially bad in America's history.
1: Oh, come on, Australia.
0: The things I look for in comedy, basically the same things I look for in Things like Wild, well, I keep saying thing a lot in shows like Wild Thing, where there's a there's a sense of passion and there's a sense of uh, uh, excitement to engage in the bits. The show that has been dominating my listening over the past two weeks ha- is a objectively successful podcast that makes thousands of dollars on Patreon. Uh, called blank check with griffin and david which stars Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. griffin newman who if you watch the tick on amazon prime and if you have amazon prime you should watch it because the tick is the best superhero show ever made uh it's griffin newman and david sims who is a film critic they uh talk about filmography so the show is the, the podcast is chopped into several mini series where each mini series they talk about the films of directors who had massive success early in their careers as filmmakers. And as a result, studios give them a series of blank check projects where they can just do a thing that a studio might not give you money for if you didn't have that kind of built up street cred. So they've talked about like Spielberg and, uh, fucking Tim Burton. And I just finished listening to them talk about, Uh, Christopher Nolan and they ended on Dunkirk which actually makes me want to watch Dunkirk now that I know so much about it Uh, (laughs) but the thing that grabs me is each episode, Will you would hate this show, each episode (laughs) this, each episode is two fucking hours long
1: And it is no that's almost, illegal.
0: almost no editing Even though they have a producer in the room Who's basically a third host Ben's awesome uh, There's so many running bits Like running gags and sound bites That get played Like get borders on fucking morning zoo radio uh, <sighs> Like anytime someone mentions like Anytime like edgy Suicide Squad stuff is brought up Someone goes sounds like it's pretty twisted And then you'll hear a sound cue of a, a guitar Going And then one of the hosts pre-recorded going twisted uh there's all these like recurring bits but the thing that keeps the show going is griffin um, griffin newman specifically both of them are such fans of the art of cinema and the process of filmmaking that they have committed so many things to memory about these filmmakers or are looking them up before the episode that you're not just hearing people talk about the dark knight you're hearing people talk about uh, uh, all of the behind-the-scenes machinations and who was going to be the Joker before Ledger was chosen and uh, all the like unfortunate uh, cultural effects of Heath Ledger's Joker after the fact. It's just this show about people who are super passionate about movies. So passionate. Uh, Griffin Newman, as a kid, just committed box office numbers to memory. So at the end of every episode... Jeez. At the end of every episode, they have this game where... Uh, David will pull up the top ten movies at the box office the day the movie they're talking about came out, and Griffin has to guess <laughs> the movies <laughs> with cl- with clues like it's a comedy with someone you like in it. And he's like, "Well, it's 1981, and it's the summer, so <laughs> it's 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 uh, wild." But Blank Check is one of those shows where like it breaks a lot of rules. It has no fucking editing. It's got all these just. Morning Zoo radio sound bites, but there's this kernel of passion about the the process and the thing they're talking about. They're not a bad movie review podcast. they talk about bad movies, but they talk about why they're bad and what affected that
1: yeah i think I think I'm the opposite <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to comedy uh I like my hosts to be. Absolute dum dums. Why? <laughs> like, well, first off, I mean the iconic example here is my brother, my brother, and me, where we oh, don't okay. know anything about anything. You know but what?
0: It's weird that doesn't register as a nonfiction show in my head.
1: <laughs> the other, the other one that I've been really loving recently is Punch Up the Jam. Um, I've heard nothing but is, good
0: things about Punch Up the Jam.
1: It's a really good, and the hosts Demi and Miel, like they're they they were both on Vine. Um, they have probably made vines that you've seen. Sorry, it's um, just
0: the way you delivered. They were on Vine.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: that that sounded like they went to Rutgers. <laughs> like it was. Yeah. just... I love oh, that. You know, that's yeah, where that's were, where Vine, Vine is in our our conscious now.
1: Well <laughs> <laughs> they're so they're like super hilarious, and they do both know like a shocking amount about music, which is good because it's a podcast in which they evaluate songs. Uh, go into their history, and then make a version that is uh, quote-unquote better. Um, (laughs) So they do know a lot about music, which is good. But they don't know anything about, like, anything else. Um, (laughs) One of Miel's go-tos is talking about how she was, like, homeschooled on an island. I don't know anything about her past, so I don't know what this means, but I trust her. And, I mean, first off, I like that she gets to kind of I don't want to say play this role because it's a you know it's a nonfiction podcast but I like that she gets to pull on this comedy of like absolute dumb, dumb uh, that is kind of only reserved for men usually in comedy like if women are being big dumb dumb, yeah um, they it's usually like a
0: it's usually Gavin, a man writing it
1: <laughs> it's usually a man writing it and Gavin you know that episode of community no where it's the oh gavin Gavin. oh both
0: you and the listeners are just like wow gavin just lost a lot of points
1: you would love it the look i am getting from
0: my fiance wow good
1: good so there's this episode where it's a parody of glee and (laughs) yeah they're they're all trying to get the cool kid main character, Jeff Wanger to join them in, in their acapella group at this co- community college. And nothing is working because Jeff is the cool kid. And one of the tactics that you, that's used is uh, one of his, this is like, this is way bigger of a tangent than needs to exist to explain what I'm going to explain. But it's very funny. One of the tactics that's used is one of his potential love interests does the like, I'm just a dumb baby, but I'm so sexy. And her whole song is basically that. Um, But then it starts getting more and more hyperbolic um, to the point where one of her lines is, you smarty, I'm dummy, I'm a sexy Christmas baby. Um, Also, she's Jewish. So it's like the funniest. (laughs) It's so fucking funny. But so like usually that's that's the kind of thing that women are given if they're playing like dum-dums is they're given like, I'm a sexy baby. I need help. Um, And Miel is very much not that. And she's just, both of them are hilarious. I just love that they know nothing about anything and are just yelling in outrage for a lot of the podcasts. I love it. Yeah, it's just, it's such a fun dynamic that you don't get to hear a lot of the time. I, I am averse to people who know a ton about something try to pull comedy from... Knowing a lot about something. Um, probably because I have had so many men try to explain shit at me Ooh, for my whole life. So, if we can get, like, two two people who know nothing in a recording studio together, that's usually my go-to.
0: <laughs> you don't get that a lot, though, because that requires a lot yeah, of confidence.
1: It does. Um,
0: a la, like, 90% of Justin McElroy's <laughs> comedian yeah. career. Yeah.
1: I think that's like maybe one of the scariest forms of comedy is like being so upfront about what you aggressively do not know. You if know,
0: you, if you want to crash course in that, go look up the YouTube video. uh, What is it called, babe? Like Justin McElroy fails at telling jokes for five minutes. <laughs> it's it's something it's something like that. But there's this bit in it from when they were they were at E three. They were covering the Electronic Entertainment Expo for Polygon. And they're standing next to a car that's meant to advertise... Wait, is
1: that what E3 stands for?
0: Yeah. It, it, yeah. Oh, my God. I
1: had no idea. Yeah, it's okay. way more boring than you
0: think it would stand for. Yeah, it's Electronics Entertainment Expo. Uh, Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> it originally wasn't really for gaming. Um, it, it's it, They're standing next to this sports car that's there to advertise some Forza game or what the fuck ever. And Justin's holding a mic and Travis and Griffin are standing next to him. And Justin just starts laughing. Oh, that one.
1: Oh, my God. It's so good. Where he's just
0: like his is, this is car it's, it's a sandwich. I bet Reggie could eat a sandwich it was the size of a car and like Griffin and Travis literally <laughs> just walk, walk away.
1: Walk away. <laughs> it's so good. And, and then also, just also
0: dead eye contact with the camera trying to make this bit
1: work. And my favorite my bam bam bit ever where he's trying to think of song lyrics on the spot about ice cream and he <laughs> says that one of the flavors is brown
0: not as good as brown
1: not as good as brown (laughs) yeah that's just that's exactly my sense of humor like it's it's not punching down at all it's just kind of punching self you know (laughs) punching self may be my favorite kind of comedy oh yeah yeah i i like my comedy to be much looser than any other type of nonfiction podcast um Still have some key editing in there. I, I don't want to hear people drinking a soda. Oh, I don't want to hear the tangents that don't make any sense to anybody who's not in the room.
0: Now, I will say, a good crisp uh, can crack, leave it in.
1: <laughs> no, I disagree. <laughs> take it out. I, unless it's unless it's fully work for an audio drama, take it out. Okay, Will, we it. have
0: an important question. Dice in TTRPG or not?
1: Oh, that's actually... That's a really good question because I know this is kind of controversial. Um, I like... Thin ice. Some. Oh. Like... I like just a sprinkling. I don't want it every single time. I like it if it is a very important role. I also really ah. love how 20-sided stories does it, where like in the Pokemon arc that they did, instead of it, instead of you being able to hear the dice, it's a little Pokemon like, yeah. like thing that exists in the universe. Um, I think that that could go really wrong a lot of the time. But also...
0: Well, 20-sided stories so meticulously added in.
1: Yes, and it can pull on those sounds that already exist.
0: But I also think... You want to talk about something that gave me fucking chills because it was using pre-existing sounds. Jesus. The first (laughs) first time the Pokeball sound goes off,
1: wow. Yes, yes. But yeah, I also... So with, with actual play, I also am not a big fan of hearing games where people have to roll a lot...
0: D&D, Like,
1: narratively. I like D&D actual plays sometimes when they're done well. Um, Join the party. But as far as, like,
0: the sheer amount of... Across the table.
1: I just... I think... I think campaigns work best in the audio format if the DM or GM, whatever, is somebody who will only require roles when it's absolutely needed. So, because of that most of the roles I would hear anyway are going to be eliminated by having a DM who's adept at audio. Yeah. That felt extremely pretentious. No, like I, but also I stand by it. I so. really I
0: like good <laughs> dice audio. Like if you can read, mm-hmm. if it's like, I'm hearing 50% of the, the echo off the wall across the room as the die is rolling and not just the die on the table. It's mm-hmm. not, not good. But, um,
1: I am also of the maybe controversial opinion that if your dice roll noise itself is not satisfying, you should take the number that you rolled, but for the audio, you should roll again. And you should basically do your own foley work and roll it until you have a good roll noise. I
0: would go as far as to say just have a stable of good roll noises and cycle through them when you edit.
1: Yeah, legit. I just... I can imagine those getting repetitive. I think also
0: I, the D20 is the problem because listening to uh, Critical Bits, they use D6 because it's a, it's a powered by the apocalypse. And like 2D6, they get about like a second of travel time. Yeah, and here, can, hold up. They sound here, here. good. A D20 can just... Uh, Pioneers used to ride these babies for miles. Like
1: Here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we were.
0: <sighs> I... <laughs> good, good question. You lost me. Uh, I legitimately was just like sitting here looking at these different tabs I have open. One's about a fucking li- a, a repossessed s- a Steam locomotive that <laughs> <laughs> the museum moved cities, but they couldn't move the trains. So a judge had to evict a fucking train. <laughs> That is the thing that has happened, and now good. the train is crashing on another train's couch in Kentucky for a while. <laughs> uh, this is the shit that happens with old, old-ass locomotives. Uh, yep. Yeah, so we're talking. We were talking. We, we had just circled around um the the like self-deprecating, intentionally failing comedy. Yes. Uh, dice. We were talking about DICE. dice. I suspect you were trying to get a good dice roll foley, and something happened.
1: I was. I was trying to display the differences between a D twenty and two D sixes, but then I realized I don't even I don't even have a D a two D sixes. I will. For some reason, my stuff is set is.
0: Grab that foley later.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to do a D20 for you.
0: Oh, yeah. That's actually a good one. I love it. The shitty ones are the ones that, like, go across the table, and then someone else has to be like, it's a 12.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's not fun. I also, I I guess I should say, I played D&D on a radio station for three hours a week for, like, two years. (laughs) This
0: is 100% not on topic, and I love it.
1: Well, I was gonna say I got really good at rolling dice for audio because I really wanted it to sound good. <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> anyway, oh, you know what's you know what's a good example of yeah. nonfiction comedy? I think is the Xmas mistake.
1: Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's really good
0: because the the there's this running tr- thing. It's three people watching Hallmark Christmas movies, but also they talk about the fact that christmas as an idea is very cult-like in Mm -hmm. hallmark movies because the hallmark movies ostensibly are just wackadoo plots that have christmas stapled onto them to matter Mm -hmm. uh and therefore christmas is always talked about in the vaguest of terms and it almost seems like a cursed old one that is suffering over the horizon yeah I mean also uh Daniel Chad and Kate are just fucking their chemistry is fantastic yeah there's just that little extra thing I like nonfiction that sells itself properly and doesn't like bury the lead that that's kind of my running thing throughout all the shows we've talked about is they know how they know what makes them unique and they lean into that Mm-hmm. Like Griffin Newman knowing the box office numbers. The the example I use, I'm going to be using in Nashville. So spoiler, if you're going to Nashville next week, um, is the difference between like it will. I tell you a podcast is two work friends watch horror movies and talk about them. Like hell no. Who gives a shit, right? Not I. <laughs> Two morticians watch movies with zombies and vampires and other dead things and specifically focus on how good the decomposition makeup is.
1: Yes. Here for it.
0: That's a show. Yes. Both are the exact same show, but if they sell themselves shittily, Mm -hmm. eh, (laughs) who cares?
1: And I think that knowing who you are is such a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that will play into your marketing. like. And I think that's also one of the reasons why, at this point, like, my perception of podcasts is a little bit skewed by marketing sometimes, um, which I'll admit to. And for me, it's less that somebody just maybe isn't good at marketing, which I do think happens all the time. Um,
0: I mean, it's its own skill for a reason.
1: Yes, but it does show to me a little bit, like, you don't know what it is that makes your podcast special or interesting or different and that tends to worry me
0: i mean that's why you that's why it's important to like know what movie you're making when you start Mm -hmm. making a fucking movie like people tend to run into podcasting head first be like ah well i got it this is obviously people want to hear me talk about this thing
1: Mm-hmm. Not
0: the really famous person who got here three years before me, nah.
1: right? <laughs> right. Gavin, is there any is there any podcast that like hits almost everything that you want in a podcast perfectly, like in a nonfiction podcast? <sighs> like something that you can point to as an example of this does all these things right?
0: Tune in. Down. No. <laughs> <laughs> That that's, that's because we don't. It's it's hard because like I will fall into nonfiction holes so hard. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna say this and it's gonna sound like a joke. Okay. The, the empty bowl.
1: Yeah, no, that that seems totally on brand for you. I'm not surprised by that at all.
0: And I know I've been talking about Justin McElroy and it is ostensibly his show, but it is two people talking about breakfast cereal with generic spa music laid over in the background and the sounds of like waves and the the hook of the show is it's a a relaxing show about breakfast cereal that will uh, help ease anxiety and it's just two dudes talking about cereal one of which runs literally a cereal blog and the other one's just justin mcelroy who likes breakfast cereal. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, by by creating these walls of, like, we're not going to yell, we're not going to be overly negative, you open yourself up to all these comedic moments. Like when the, I think it was when they were talking about the Sour Patch Kids cereal. I'm just going to let everyone listening who's never heard of that cringe for a second.
1: Yeah, just take that in for a second. Sour Patch Kids cereal that you eat with milk.
0: There was talk of this, you know, uh, the 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 cereal reviewer, I forget his name, was talking about. Because I haven't listened to this, I haven't listened to the podcast in forever. They haven't uploaded it in over a month. Uh, <laughs> it, the reviewer is talking about how, yeah, the sour patch kids cereal is actually pretty good dry. When you put it into a, a milk, it makes the milk taste sour. And I thought it was an interesting <laughs> experience. I, I thought it was an interesting experience. And Justin McElroy, with his perfectly level voice, trying to be calm, just says. You have just said one of the most challenging things I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> 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 like, if it was on my Bim Bam, he probably would have been yelling and the soundboard would have been going off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that goddamn soundboard. <laughs> if there's ever a piece of technology podcast fans in the United States either love or want to destroy, it is the soundboard owned by Justin McRoy. <laughs> But yeah I think The Empty Bowl like some like it's got it's got the the one guy who doesn't know that much it's got the expert it's it knows what it is and sells itself as what it is uh it actually kind of has a, a a positive effect on the world because anything you donate to the show through the their anchor page goes to a food shelter in Huntington West Virginia it's just this little show that exi- it knows what it wants to be and it pulls it off
1: yeah that's a great example. I of love course, that.
0: Of course, that isn't, isn't necessarily fair to shows like Decoder Ring or anything from Radiotopia where you have all these moving parts and dozens of people got their hand on the ball. Like There are many fantastic shows out there, but looking at my subscription feeds right now at all these nonfiction shows, a lot of them are fantastic. But the thing that clicks all those boxes immediately, and why is the light off? <laughs> <laughs> While I was giving this summary, the one <laughs> light in the room just goes out and then comes back on. It's like the SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, no, Sparatu. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that—that's. I guess that's what I would say. Will, is there a show like that for you?
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go with those Happy Places.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, it has a leg up on being on a topic that I already love because it's about theme parks. Um, they know a lot about what they know, but that's not where their comedy comes from when there are jokes. Their jokes come from being, like, goofy and fun. Um, they usually put on that guise of one of the hosts being, you know, very informed and one of the hosts asking a lot of questions. There is a lot of production work that goes into it. It feels very immersive, um... They're really enthusiastic about it, and uh, like with the empty bowl, they know why they're different. They're not just—it's not a podcast about theme parks and like here's how to, you know, maximize your time at Disney World that isn't spent in lines. You know, it's it's yeah. a literary the, there was analysis, YouTube channels. right? Which I do love.
0: I do. I, I do watch love. a lot of them too. Yeah. I follow this. Um. I follow this couple I find insufferable, but damn it, do they not film good footage?
1: Oh my god, I, I follow the exact same couple and you know who you're talking about because they're- it's so insufferable. The
0: ones who are like, here's things you can do for free at this one lodge find hidden Mickeys all day.
1: Right, which like, I would though. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, so Those Happy Places is a literary analysis of theme parks. It's doing something totally different. Um... And really insightful, and I love it. The,
0: the fucking episode on the haunted mansion is just perfect. Oh,
1: yes, yes, it's so it it checks all of those boxes for me for sure. With that, do you want to do you want to pivot
0: to recommendations? Yeah, will I have a show to recommend to you? Okay, it's a podcast about uh, the the death of the, that sort of '90s style of rapping that we want to forget happened. You know, uh I'm blank and I'm here to say like uh-huh. a lot a, a sort of um,
1: educational rap
0: a educational rap like that 90s like almost corporate constructed like everything had to have mm-hmm. a- everything had to follow like an ABAB structure mm-hmm. uh, but then that just kind of disappeared and there's this one journalist who's trying to figure out like what happened to that style of music it's called Rhyme Town
1: of course it is Cassie <laughs>
0: <laughs> i knew if i sold it for too long you you would catch on that <laughs> uh,
1: was it was awful if you I would like a it. podcast that's non-fiction
0: <laughs> and positive in nature much like the empty bowl i recommend checking out honey roast
1: yes honey it's roast. so good honey
0: roast is a show that i may or may not be i am in it in august you'll hear me in august uh,
1: You'll hear me in, I think, June?
0: Wow. Look at Lumen this is earlier in the <laughs> schedule. <laughs> uh, e- the Honey Roast is a hope punk podcast that is basically like a comedy roast, but inherently it's just one person being really positive mm-hmm. for, for 20 minutes, basically. Uh, but in a really well edited uh, by Julia Shafini, by the way, really well edited uh compact message basically each host i know because i went through this each episode is hosted by someone who is picking a creative person that they really respect and admire and then talk about why they are amazing for 25 minutes and how it's affected their lives uh i won't spoil who i talked about but so far we have julie Shafini's episode which was the pilot was about jordan cobb
1: oh so good
0: uh, Jeff Stormer talks about John, John Darnielle, if you're feeling, like, some Mountain Goats discussion.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that he- episode is what got me to like the Mountain Goats after thinking I hated him for, like, all <laughs> of my life. Did you, did <laughs> I you listened listen to that? Uh, go
0: ahead. I was just going like, to ask you if you listened to the D&D album.
1: I haven't yet. Um, but I people have been telling me that I would love the Mountain Goats, like, since as long as I can remember, and I've yeah. never liked the music. I listened to that episode of Honey Roast, went and listened to This Year, and sobbed. The episode's so good.
0: We also got T.H. Uh, Ponders has talked about uh, Max Temkin, creator of Cards Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the most recent episode as of this recording is uh, Michelle Agresti Roast, and Snow, which I haven't listened yeah. to that one
1: yet. There's Oh, it's so good.
0: I, I assume um, Brigham has one, heard about it by now
1: oh yeah yeah uh there's also one where m montuani uh of the van uh honey roasts gabrielle urbina from wolf 359 that's very lovely
0: i, I might be avoiding that one because i haven't listened to any of wolf 359 oh yeah
1: yet. We'll, we'll probably listen to that first there's not too many spoilers but yeah it's it's very very good
0: yeah, uh, the podcast community, unlike oh, I don't know, viewers of the most popular television show of all time, are actually pretty good about not spoiling stuff. Yes. I literally know of the ending of Game of Thrones twenty less than twenty minutes after because someone retweeted uh in, in a, a meme that didn't have any like text on in the tweet, so there was nothing my blocks could do to stop it. Thanks, people making Simpsons memes about Game of Thrones. It was great. If you want positive things in your life, the Honey Roast is where you go. Will, yep. what do you got for what do you got?
1: Okay, are you are you ready for my recommendation?
0: Let's let's, let's go.
1: <laughs> Have you heard of the podcast about the person obsessed with taking care of their van? Is called Caravan.
0: <laughs> that, <laughs> that's good. That's I, I'll, I'll tell you this. That that joke is funnier given that we just mentioned the van. Yeah. No offense to the original but also, joke.
1: But also Caravan. <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> that comes from Jeff Van Driesen. Uh, of course it came from Boston.
0: <laughs> fucking Jeff. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. Of course
1: it came from Jeff. Jeff Van Driesen is so good. Just such a delight. I read it verbatim, because his post about it was perfect. <laughs> it needed nothing else from me. Uh, my actual rec. My actual rec uh, this week. Have I recommended This Is Love yet? I think I did.
0: Uh, you might I, I know I, I started listening season. to This Is Love a few weeks ago. I, I haven't that's mentioned really it on the cool. show yet, so I think that's what's blocking me from saying yes or no. Hmm. But even if you have, recommend it, because Phoebe Judge is fucking Yeah, great.
1: Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. So uh, This Is Love is, shocker, a Radiotopia production by the creators of Criminal, but it is an investigation in love, and it's an all kinds of love, usually romantic, but not always. Uh, there is an episode about a whale. I people loved it. I did not listen. So just <laughs> if you're reasons. if you're scared of whales, skip it. Um, <laughs> but their current season um, focuses just on Italy, oh. which is really interesting. Wow. Um, I am biased, being very Italian.
0: But no.
1: It's <laughs> I know. I know. But, like, the first episode is on a town that is uh, entirely celebratory of ugly things. They have a club where if you're ugly, you get into it, and there's, like, a test you have to pass. Like, visually? It's so interesting. Um, it's it's just a fascinating inquiry in love. It, it's told beautifully. It's very tender. Phoebe Judge's voice is just so soft and yeah. nice and velvety and it works so well for this topic.
0: There's a reason uh, there's an episode of Criminal that starts off that or a mini a bonus episode of Criminal that's just them soliciting uh, people saying, I'm Phoebe Judge,
1: this is criminal.
0: <laughs> they got like yeah. fifty They got like fifty people doing that too, it was amazing.
1: Yeah, she's got a great voice, and it just—it feels really good in that mix. And the stories are reported really well, told very well. Oh, the Again, one about the This is Love.
0: The one about the uh, mother who specifically distances herself from her kids Ugh. when she knows she's gonna die. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ugh. Ugh. It's
0: a great. Mix. Yeah, This is Love will fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I should have saved the honey roast for the second one, huh? Um. <laughs> let's see 20, uh, uh, mini rack 20 sided stories just finished their season. You should have listened to it by now. Mm-hmm. That's just me being pushy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Listen to good shows. <laughs> uh, is there anything that's at PodX that I'm listening to?
1: Could do a multitude show. We've talked about all of them. Oh, well,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We mentioned spirits. Uh, Eww. wow i do not listen to stuff that's gonna i mean i i crime writers on uh e- serendipity city is really good i started yeah, listening do to that. that
1: it's so good
0: serendipity city is um a true crime true jesus christ Gavin. no it's not it is, is in no way true crime <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: that would be really scary <laughs>
0: Serendipity City is a tabletop RPG show set in a 1920s diesel punk-y city uh, with just this wonderful set of players. Um, it's 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 GM'd by Michelle Nicholson, sorry if I fucked your last name up, who that is was right. uh, the creator of Unplaced and is... Actual, uh, it does not need a spider persona because I've seen so much footage of Michelle climbing fucking rock walls. Yes, uh, Michelle could. Uh, Michelle is in the top two people who could kick my ass in podcasting. I think. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> Michelle could kick every. It's it's like Michelle and Lucy could kick every, and Julia yeah. could all kick everyone's ass.
0: <laughs> Yo, no, that that's the top three.
1: <laughs> yeah, Michelle Nicolaisen, Lucille Valentine, and Julia Schifini could kick all of our asses.
0: But Julia could do it in a way that, like, makes people applaud.
1: Yes. I I feel like I'd applaud for the other ones, just in different venues. <laughs> I applaud for Julia uh, kicking someone's ass on a stage. The other two, it's in an alley, for sure.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, you've got this. It, it, I What I'm really enjoying about Serendipity City is, I don't know why, but I'm really a sucker for that sort of well, we're advent- we're a crew who do jobs like the the core concept of the Adventure Zone back when it first started being it was that sort of proto D&D thing of we're three people who who do adventures together cuz money uh the the three the three player characters in Serendipity City do crimes together. <laughs> And it's just, this is the, the, the plot starts with this is a job. We need money, so let's do this job. Uh, there's something so simple about it, but it always goes off the wall no matter what situation you end up in. Uh, I don't know, it just grabs me. And uh, Evan Mora, Jennifer Alexander, and Gloria Walker are just really great players. Michelle's a great DM. Um, they're also using like a mishmash of two different RPG systems with some homebrew stuff thrown in. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, it's not like a Power by the Apocalypse show where you could just have a sheet in front of you to follow the rules of everything. It's very fun. Yeah.
1: Will, what's your second
0: show? Oh, Serendipity City, just to restate it.
1: Yes. Uh, I just had it up and I was just looking. Oh! my second recommendation is an audio fiction called point mystic it is a horror show and what makes it really interesting is that it is almost entirely improvised we talked about this um a while back on our episode about horror with james oliva Um,
0: (laughs) that three hour epic yeah
1: yes (laughs) Um, because it's it's phenomenal it's really amazing Uh, The creators, Christopher Reynaga and Marguerite Croft, are coming to podcast movement. I'm very, very, very excited about that. Um, And they also, I wanted to talk them up because not only is it a great podcast, if you're into horror, especially like realistic horror and horror that draws on uh, sociological things in real life, it's up your alley. But also, they just launched their Patreon. So I wanted to talk them up because I love them and I think they're great and I think you should listen to them.
0: That's yep. Point Mystic. Huh. well, uh, for the uh, the Windows startup noise that we traditionally use is just just signal that it's time to do plugs. Will, where can <laughs> people find you on the internet?
1: People can find me on the internet at Will W Writes. That's W I L W underscore Writes. Uh, you can also ooh. ooh ooh. Let me make sure I've got our handle right. <laughs> You can also watch out for at scoring horse magic magic hoops. at horse underscore hoops because <laughs> horse was banned. Um, you can find you can find information on scoring magic, which is our making an audio drama documentary at at scoring magic. Um, you can also find me on willwilliams.reviews. You can find me on Polygon. You can find me on uh, the AV Club's Podmass and all over the place. Gavin, where can people find you?
0: People can find me uh, at my website that I need to update, thepodreport.com. You can find mm-hmm. me on Twitter, at thepodreport. And you can find me in Nashville on – well, you can find me in Nashville all this weekend. But if you want to come to my lecture, uh, if you have the pod pro pass to pod X – Uh, Basically, the like track where you can go to workshops and things. I will be hosting a lecture at I think like three o'clock on Sunday. It's on it's Sunday afternoon. I think about the same time as Crime Writers on Live show. So (laughs) fighting for audience there. But my Jordan will be there. (laughs) Come keep Jordan (laughs) company while I talk at you. Uh, I'll be hosting a lecture called Prepping Your Podcast for the Press, telling you how you can do free things to make your show look good to the press and by side effect everyone else. Also, I'm making standard docking procedures so dockingpod.com if you want some sci-fi sitcom wackiness, some of which is inspired by Will next month. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Julia Shaffini's in it (laughs) just to keep the threat, the recurring thread of Julia through this episode.
1: (laughs) Gavin, where can people find the podcast?
0: People can find the podcast at Dialed Up Podcast dialed up is it dialed up. People can find us at dialed at WordPress mm-hmm. with show notes and links tuned to everything. In dialed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can also find uh links to every show we have wrecked in the recommendation section there as well. Mm-hmm. And we're on Twitter at tuned in dialed up. Uh brief last recommendation, because I was gonna bring this up while talking about movie podcasts. Oh yeah. If you it. want a good video essay about the 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 negative effects of air quote movie reviews that just dunk on things to dunk on them to have jokes, a la nostalgia critic or cinema sins, watch Lindsay Ellis's video on the remake of Beauty and the Beast, because Lindsay Ellis spends a good amount of time talking about changes to the plot and dialogue of the original that seem to be made purely because of assholes on youtube who are like wait does that mean every fork in there is actually a person Mm because that doesn't make sense uh anything could be answered with the answer it's magic is treated as being like a fault of beauty and the beast for some reason Mm -hmm. Uh, also Lindsay ellis just makes fantastic fucking video essays anyway so good uh, that that cheesecake factory one was <laughs> fantastic.
1: She should have one up this week too. I Ooh. I support her on Patreon, and she uploaded a uh, little teaser for one. Oh shit! Oh yeah. She's been
0: she's been like falling down the Game of Thrones, a uh, vague tweeting rabbit hole, and I'm loving it.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh that's all that. Thank you so much for listening to this mega episode of Tuned and Dialed Up. Ooh. Cannot wait to see y'all next episode and can't wait to meet some of you beautiful people in Nashville. It's going to be awesome. Will won't hey. be there, but I will.
1: Nope. Yeah, hug Gavin for me. Will.
0: What? You said I will. You're not Will. No, I will. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> if I did that, you would slap me. <laughs> Love y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Are you. We were. That was me signing off.